Surf Seal Store family, you are in for a treat today because I have Jennifer on here and she's an executive assistant and she's dropping so many value bombs. We're really digging into how she went from $2,700 a month to 9,000 in three short months, but then dropped her subcontracting work and went down to 6,300 and why she decided to do that, what it's like working as a subcontractor for a national agency, how she's been able to use the power of LinkedIn to get clients and how working 50 hours a week was not supporting her goals. She did all this as an executive assistant. So if you are out there like you can't scale as an executive assistant, she is here to show you otherwise. So I'm so excited. Let's go on and jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hello, Serve Scale Soar family. I am so excited because today I have Jennifer on here with us and we are diving into so many fun topics and I'm so excited for you to get to know her. She's one of our members of the Serve Scale Soar membership and I cannot wait to hear her story because I think there's a lot of gold in here that I don't even know about. So I'm excited to have you, Jennifer. So tell my listeners about you, who you are as a person, who you serve and how you serve them. Hi, Sarah Scalesor. I'm Jennifer Feeney. My company is Elite Executive Solutions. I am a virtual executive assistant, and I specifically serve CEOs in the corporate world, specifically small to mid-sized companies. Who I am as a person, I am a mother, a wife. I'm a dog mom to 10 dogs. I'm a runner and a bodybuilder. Oh my gosh. You're so fun. So hold on. How do you have 10 dogs? I just, we can't just like uh, skip over this. Yeah. Let's talk about it. (laughs) My husband in the last five months decided to breed miniature bull terriers. So in a period of five months, we acquired seven miniature bull terrier puppies and five of them are from Eastern Europe. Very, very cool. And then you do bodybuilding. Did I hear that right? You did. You did. I've never done a show. I've never done a show, but I've been bodybuilding for four years. That's incredible. You are such a fun person. I'm like so boring and you have all these fun facts about yourself. I love that. Okay. So let's jump into what everyone wants to know. And that is you are on the podcast because you are celebrating your highest months. And as an executive assistant, I think a lot of times we hear that this is not a scalable service, which I've always totally been like, that's not true. You can scale any service as long as you love doing it and you have the systems in place to support you. So I love when we have someone who's not a Facebook ad manager or a podcast manager or something like that, but an executive assistant, because what this is going to do is break the belief barriers for people who think you can't scale when you're doing like project management or OBM or executive assistant. So I'm excited to dive into this. And so before we started recording, we were chatting about January, you had your highest month at 9,000. And then you decided to let go of your subcontracting work. And you still had an incredible month in February at 6,300. So I want to chat about this $9,000 month 
and how many clients that looked like, what you were doing, how much subcontracting work. I really want to dive into that topic. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. The month of January, like you said, was my highest earning month, but it was also it was also the my craziest month. I found Surf Scale Soar in October of 2019. And at that point, I had an existing three subcontracts. And I, I did work full-time. It was 40 hours a week. And then in developing my skills in Surf Scale Soar, by January 2020, I had three of my own clients, two of which were part-time and one full-time. So the month of January, I was, I was working 50-hour weeks. And it took a lot of planning in advance, time blocking, totally staying off of social media, keeping my door closed, letting the kids know I wasn't available. So it really stretched me, but it was, it felt like it happened overnight. It seemed really sudden. It was like, whoa, all of a sudden I have three of my own clients and I have the subcontract work. So I did get to a point where it was, you know, I need to make a decision. Right. Okay. I love that. So what were you doing leading up to, you said you had only subcontracting work when you started Serve Scale Store in October. So what were those months? Like what were you making October, November, and December monthly working as a subcontractor for people working 40 hours a week? Sure. I was making $2,733 a month. And you jumped up to 9,000? I did. I did. I was so excited. I I remember being on the Serve Scale Store, our Facebook group, and seeing the post, you know, for your best month ever. And I was like, wait a minute, I completely qualify for this month. And then I did the math and I was like, oh my goodness, I, it was a, I shocked myself. That's incredible. And I know some of our listeners are like, but she was working 50 hours a week to make $9,000 in a month. First off, that's not everyone's goal. And you'll probably let us know that you don't have to work 50 hours a week to have a $9,000 a month. But people with nine to fives that are making not $9,000 a month, which is probably like very small percentage of people yeah, that are doing that, agree. are working more than 50 hours. And you did it on your own terms in your own house. I know that I would have been like yoga pants and t-shirt status, not full suit on <laughs> status. So even if anyone's listening to this and they're like, but 50 hours, but holy cow, $9,000 in one month for 50 hours, that's still like incredible, like mind blowing. But I know that you had subcontracting work and you let that subcontracting work go in February and drop down to 6,300, which is still like super impressive. So what did February look like for you and what was your decision to let, cause it's always scary. I remember right. when October I let clients go so I could learn Facebook ads. So tell me what was your thought process when you were like, okay, I need to let some these subcontracting clients go. Sure. The subcontract clients was work I had through a national agency and I worked with them for a year and a half. It was a great experience. And most importantly, it was it was almost like an education platform for me. Being a former executive assistant in the corporate world, it really is different skills. It's a, it's a lot more traditional with the software project management tools than moving into the virtual space. So I decided that I wanted to just completely have my own clients. So that's from January to February. I guess I wanted to be a purist. 
and just have all my work be my own. And it was challenging to say goodbye to those clients that were subcontracted, but I knew it would free up time and space and give me the additional time I was looking for. I was already anticipating my daughter giving birth to her first son in March. It happened a month early. So the timing of everything just worked out perfectly. And having my own three clients, I do feel like I have room for, I do have room for more. Okay. So you dropped down to just your three clients at 6,300. So you're charging premium prices, which I like. I love that. And I think I am. Yeah, you're doing good. Okay. And then there's always room for growth though. You can always raise those prices, Yes. yes. but I love this. And so how much of your time did you get back when you let go of those subcontractors? I'm going to say I got back 20 hours a week. Okay. So then in February, were you working about 30 hours per week? Yes. Okay. I love that. People ask me all the time, how many hours a week I work? And I like, honestly don't know. I know when you're at an executive assistant level, you do like know a little bit better, like where your time's going. And so I love that you were able to drop down and sometimes like the revenue is great, but it's not worth it if there's things in your life, like your daughter having a baby and now you're able to be there for, but still making a full-time income working 30 hours a week is incredible. And now it freed up time for your marketing minutes. So once your daughter's, you know, the baby is like doing well, she's doing well, then now you have all this time for marketing minutes because you're not going to spend 20 hours a week marketing, but you could. And that would get you another client to put you right back up in there. And I think there's so much power in us having our own clients instead of subcontracting. But after we had an episode with Brianna, which we'll link up, just knowing how powerful subcontracting is for confidence levels, because you're working kind of like behind, like you're not the face, but you get clients and you get to make your skills better, which gives you the confidence to go out and serve your own clients. So can you tell us like, what was your subcontracting experience like? What didn't you like? What did you learn? I would love to know all of those things. Sure. I would say overall, my subcontracting time was, it was awesome. And like I mentioned earlier, I really viewed it as an educational platform for me. It allowed me to have a better understanding of just some of the basics. You know, G Suite, when I was an executive assistant in the corporate world, G Suite wasn't as popular. So even though I see G Suite as something that's fairly simple, it still allowed me to learn that platform and the different apps within G Suite better. Project management tools like Asana, Trello, ClickUp. In the corporate world, we didn't use those. You know, the company I worked with didn't use those. And I would I just feel like my exposure, even if I wasn't necessarily hands-on, with a particular app or platform or web program, it still just gave me such a tremendous exposure. And my clients were really diverse. I had a client who was VP of sales in the craft brewing industry, a CEO of a retail company, and then also a CTO of an IT company. So it really gave me a a diverse portfolio of clients and it helped me hone in on the type of client or industry that I prefer to work with. I feel like my calling has always been to directly support CEOs. So in my subcontract work, 
in applying for the contracts, I didn't always know for sure if they were a CEO, it just say C-suite executive. It allowed me to see there's a, there is a big difference between a CEO, a CFO, a COO. They all are C-suite, but I really, my sweet spot is a CEO. I love that. And so you said it was a national agency. And yes. so can you say who it was? It was Belay, Belay okay, Solutions. Yes. Okay, perfect. So because I know that was going to be someone's question that we would get an email about is what company? So okay, I'm familiar with them. And then I think this is what's so funny is like, sometimes when we work in our zone of genius, we're like, Oh, it's simple. Like you said that about G Suite. G Suite and I do not get along. And I feel like I'm a pretty techie really? person. But like I get into Google and I'm like, oh my God, I hate Google. I hate G Suite. Like it's not intuitive. But the funny thing is people get into Facebook and they're like, this is not intuitive. Like I don't know ads manager. And I'm like, what? You like click a few buttons. And it's just so funny that when we work in our zone of genius, we don't find it difficult. And so I think that's what's so fun about interviewing people with different specialties is we find that like we all feel like ours is easy. And we also get hung up on, we don't want to charge more because it's easy, but to the person that we're serving, it's not necessarily easy for them. So I love that you just brought up G Suite because this is like a constant struggle with our team is I'm like, I hate G Suite. We have to figure this out. I don't know how to work it. And so I just thought that was so funny, but I know the next question is, You had been doing subcontracting work. And so that means that, you know, you weren't necessarily having to go out and market yourself all the time. So you got three clients from October to January. So how are you finding those clients? I will say one client was a former subcontracted client. And I approached my client. He is a CEO of a company. And I explained to him that, I've always been an entrepreneur and in looking down the road and where I saw myself and where I saw my career taking me, it wasn't staying with the national agency. It wasn't staying with Belay and that I already had, you know, some feet on the ground. I was running with this and that I would love for him to continue forward with me. And I, and if not, I understood. And he said, Oh no, we're not, I'm not going to let you go. Not going to let you go. So with, with Belay, there is a buyout fee. This will give a few details just about some technicalities, but in that buyout fee, and then in also presenting this client with my contract, we agreed, we came to a mutual agreement that we would split the buyout fee and dilute that fee over two years. So this contract was signed for two years. I was already providing a full-time level of support, so that was just an automatic kind of transfer to my full-time package. But for two years, it is at somewhat of a reduced rate just to offset that buyout fee. Right. Uh, And this is all the stuff that we don't think about when we do stuff like subcontracting. And for you, it's so great because you still have this amazing client. But like, this is what I tell people all the time is you have to really, if you decide to go into subcontracting, you really have to be willing to read the contract and know like does this like fit my long-term goal or is this a short-term solution? Because a lot of them, you can't use your results as case studies. You can't use testimonials. 
you're restricted by like what you can and cannot do. And if a client falls in love with you, you know, you had a buyout fee, but some of them like you can't contact that person. They can't leave. So I think there is benefits to subcontracting, but I'm in the favor of if you don't have to subcontract, don't subcontract because it gets a little sticky and messy in situations. But I do believe that there's a time and place and we learn so much from these experiences. Yes. So I'm not judging people. I want them to make sure though that they're reading all the fine prints and really thinking about does this support my long-term vision or is this a short-term fix? I agree. I agree. It was it was great to just get into the virtual space. I would say that I had probably an easier time than maybe some others in leaving those subcontract clients behind. And to just to finish up your question, the other two clients that are 100% mine, those both came from LinkedIn. I love it. That's what I thought because you've been hitting LinkedIn hard. Yes. And so did this come once you joined ServeScaleSoar and then you went through the LinkedIn Decline Accelerator or were you already marketing on LinkedIn? How did you like get into the LinkedIn? I was dabbling with LinkedIn prior to ServeScaleSoar through Abby Ashley. It was it's Abby Ashley's program, the Savvy System. But you have a LinkedIn segment in there, and so that's actually how I first was introduced to you. Was that? And I think at that point, LinkedIn still really wasn't making sense to me. I was fumbling around, and then there was a lot more clarity after joining Scale Soar. And my LinkedIn connections are still. I think I'm still below 350. It's slow. No, but it's not slow because you got two clients. (laughs) That is not slow. That is impressive because you could have 500 connections, but no clients. And then so what? You have 500 connections, but you have 300 connections and two clients. I would not say that's slow. And and in the last two weeks, I've had two inquiries on LinkedIn. They're in my warm lead category. And this past week on SurfScaleSore, I reached out to the group and you know, I'm looking for referrals just because I'm in a place where it's like, what's my next step and, and how do I, I, I want to expand. I, want, I have an income goal to reach. I'd like to double where I'm at. I love that. So, but I want to be really strategic about how I get there and not rush. There's, there's no need to rush. No, sometimes like we're noticing this right now in my business is sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. And that's exactly what I did before I like transitioned to Facebook ads. We slowed down to speed up. You just did that this month or February going from 9,000 to 6,300. You know, you slow down so you can get things in place systems so you can speed up. So there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So we will link up some resources. We have an episode where to market your services. We'll link that up in the show notes. We'll also link up our LinkedIn profile optimization And then also I want to do some final thoughts with you. Okay. Sure. So I have loved this conversation so much because we have talked about so many things that we haven't talked about before. Like you just bring such a different story and I have loved it so much, but right now I want to do some rapid fire. Are you ready for this? Bring it on. (laughs) Okay. So what is the favorite part of your business? Supporting CEOs. It's really satisfying. I love that. that. It may seem really broad in general, but that's super satisfying to me. No, I think when you find the person that you love to serve, serving them, it becomes like the best thing ever. I feel the same way when I'm in a launch with a client. So I totally get that. I love that. 
Okay. So what is your favorite software tool that you can't live without? It's not a software tool. It's actually something that's that I can put in my hands. It's my one thing planner. One thing. So is it based on the book? One thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. I've read the book. I did not know they had a planner. So we'll make sure they to link do. that up. That's something different that people never say. So I love that. And so what do you love about this planner? It's a physical planner. It's a physical planner. It gives me a relationship with my goals. So every morning, goals. I love that. yes. So every morning is we all have goals and I think it's really important when we, we get them down in front of us. I know recently you've talked about journaling. So when we get our goals down in front of us and the one thing planner is intended to be something that you're looking at every day. So I made a commitment when I wake up in the morning, instead of grabbing my phone, whatever else I may grab, I grab my one thing planner and I look over what I've already committed to for that month. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. What is the best conference virtual or in person you've ever attended? I don't think I've ever been to a conference. That's okay. Are you going to any this year? Do you plan on going to any? I don't have any on the books. That's totally okay. You should go listen to our podcast episode, why you should go to conferences. <laughs> but I really you... wanted to come to Serve Scale Soar, but I, I was anticipating the birth of my grandson. So, No, it's totally fine. Being there with your grandson is way more important than a live event. So I totally get that. Okay. So tell me the best piece of business advice you've ever received. I'm going to say it's from Stephen Covey to, to start out with the end in mind. Oh, I like that. And that kind of goes off of our, what I was just talking about with the big picture or short-term gain. So I love that. And how does that apply to your business? That quote or how you approach Uh, business? How do do I approach it? Well, along, along with that quote in my one thing planner with the one thing you're putting in front of you on a regular basis, what are my someday goals? What are my five-year goals one year and then breaking it down? So I have an idea of where I'd like to end up. And so trying to, what are the actions I need to take on a daily basis to lead me in the direction and get to that quote unquote final destination. I love that. And I love that it's all about taking action. You know how big I am on us taking (laughs) action. So I love that. Okay. So this is never in the questions we send you, but what is your favorite part about being in Surf Scale Soar? I'm going to say the community. Everyone always does. And what do you love about the community? What I love about the community, I personally am more of an introvert personality. So my calendar is not full of external activities. And I can tend to just kind of hole up and not make an effort to go out and meet people. So Surf Scale Sword provides me with a community of other like-minded females and male and like this last week, I've had about seven chats with some of the other members in the groups. Um, most of them are all Zoom calls. I and love that. It's just great to have other, you know, the people we surround ourselves with is kind of, it takes us in a direction or it, it raises us up. And I feel like all the ladies in the group do that for me. I love that. I love that so much. And all this, it's so funny because... I know that there's all these coffee chat Zoom calls that happen, and I think it's so cool that it all comes from a group that didn't know each other beforehand, which I think is so freaking cool with the online community that we can have friends that we don't necessarily get to see in real life all the time, but like we feel like we're best friends with the Serve Scale Soar event about to come up as we're recording this in March. 
I'm just so excited. I'm like, wait, I haven't met these people in real life, some of them, but I feel like we have. And it's such a cool experience when we can create those just like coffee dates and making that a priority. So I love that. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on the podcast. I want all my listeners to see where they can reach out to you. So where is the best place for them to find more about you? The best place to find out more about me is my website, www.eliteexecutivesolutions.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. I love that. I knew you were going to say LinkedIn and her LinkedIn (laughs) profile is really good. So thank you so much for being on here, Jennifer. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Brandy. Y'all, that was such a good episode. Jennifer was so transparent and open with us about what it's like working as a subcontractor and how she was able to make that decision to leave subcontracting behind to support her bigger long-term goals. I love that she uses a physical planner and keeps her big visions in front of her every single day. And I just loved her story and her transparency. And I think a lot of us have thought about subcontracting or we've done subcontracting, or maybe we have just got to a point where we're making great money, but we need to slow down to speed up. And this episode really dug into all of that. And so I would love for you to reach out to Jennifer and just let her know how freaking incredible she is and how this episode impacted your life. And if you would like to meet people like Jennifer, head to my free training, How to Scale to Consistent $10,000 Months Without Hiring a Team, and we will see you inside the membership. Head to servescalesore.com forward slash 10K. That's the number 10, the letter K and check out that free training. But this week, I want you to go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into that six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.